The Journey and Its Adventures. So we started this series last week, and I know it's summertime, and people are traveling, going here, going there. And, and so I would encourage you, if you get a chance, to maybe grab a, a, a time where you can listen to some of the podcasts over the past, you know, the week before our anniversary, my pastor was here, an amazing word. And then uh, on our anniversary, uh, I, we just told the story of the church. And so if you're new here and you want to know about our church, we'll just listen to that podcast. That was um, June... Seventh, And then last week we started this series. And here's the idea behind this series. Go to this next slide. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. Digest that for a second. Because unless you digest that and you really get into this, any movie that you watch has a storyline, right? Any good movie has a storyline that takes you on a journey, and at the end of that journey, you feel like you've been on an adventure. See, Hollywood's not stupid. They're very smart because they understand how humans feel and how we react and how we think. God was the original, I don't want to say Hollywood because that may be bad. He was the original storyteller. He is the main storyline in our journey as Christ followers and its adventures. So if you think about that, then you have to take that to the next place and go, all right, so let's do some self-inventory right here. You ready? For those of you who are just here to check the box, you could probably leave right now because this is going to agitate you just a bit. Hopefully. That's my job. That's what the Bible says. I'm to provoke you. So in your life right now, where is knowing God on the list, on your to-do list? Think about that for a second. And are you experiencing, experiencing the adventure of knowing God? See, if... If God is the main storyline in our journey and its adventures, then if I'm not seeking after God, then I'm missing out on a lot of life. I'm missing out on a lot of adventure. I love adventure. I love doing stuff that, you know, gets the blood pumping. But there's nothing more adventurous than knowing God and allowing him to lead your life and realizing at some point, that you're living the dream. Wow. Look, look at Psalms right here. Psalms 24, 4 and 5. He who, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God, his Savior. So knowing that you know God brings a peace to your life that no, God is on my side. And then the Bible also says that the psalmist cries out and says, God, show me your ways. Show me your ways so that I may walk in them, know them. You guys never read that one? It's the, it's the sausage biscuits, isn't it? And w- women, you have no excuse. None whatsoever. Show me your ways that I might know you, and that I might walk in them. And so how do we know God's ways? First of all, we have security in the fact that God definitely takes up for us and watches over us. 
But then we come to a point where we, God, show me your ways so that I may walk in them. How does God show us his ways? Right? Through his word. And so I'm going to push back at you a little bit today because any pastor that can get a church body to read their Bible and study is going to have a lot less emails and a lot less phone calls. It's so true. So if you go to Hebrews 5.12, it says this. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God, God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And then he goes on to say, by this time you should be eating milk. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And then Paul goes on to say later, by this time you ought to be eating meat instead of drinking milk. And I wonder how many of us in this room today would be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, Sunday's enough. Sunday's enough. I'll just drink me a little milk on Sunday. So, oh yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I got this. All right, so in here, Anthony, will you help me? You take that out. So I've got, this is a baby. It's a real baby. No, don't play. I think it makes noises somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, that's a steak. That's a steak. Yeah, now you had a sausage business. Shut up. <laughs> now, how idiotic would it be for me to go up to a little baby like this, which is real, and say, oh, how you doing today? You want to take? Would you like some steak? You could get arrested for less these days. Would you... That's just dumb. She likes it. (laughs) She likes it. Now, no, no, you don't go anywhere. Not yet. Yeah, you can. You can take it with you. But how how much more so would it be so idiotic? (laughs) Get your glasses. Come here. Come here. <laughs> I mean, that's just stupid. Get it? Thank you. I didn't see that one. You need a raise. <laughs> here, you get arrested for that too. Take that with you. All right. Now, <laughs> watch this. Watch. Watch, watch this. If we totally assess our walk with God, are we sure that we're not that overgrown baby that's still getting fed milk? Now, if you've just been saved lately, drink the milk. Walk, walk with the Lord and do your best. But for those of us who've been around God for a while and we've been professing Christianity for a while, there's no need for us to have the little bitty 
in secrets of God, and we need to be diving deep into the mysteries of God. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit in our life and asking every day, God, what are you saying to me in your word? What are you? That's how we know God, by reading his word. Listening, soaking, meditating. I'm telling you, I hope this challenges you today. Because Sunday's not enough. Sunday should, should, is, should be a, a, a gathering that energizes us to go back out into the week to know God more and to make a better difference. So Christianity is. So if we know God through reading his words, first time I've ever had steak on my notes. And it smells really good. If we know God through reading his word, then we have to assess just for a second what keeps us from absorbing the word of God. See, the word of God is a seed that comes into our life, and we get to decide what we do with that seed. And Jesus tells the story in Matthew. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 13, 3 through 9. Jesus tells this story about a farmer. And this is how it goes. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times that what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Pray that you would challenge us today to know you more by reading your word and being in your word and being people of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go. Let's look at the different types of places that the soil fell on because if we're going to eat meat, we got to eat the word. If we're going to eat the word, we got to let it fall on good soil. So if there's a place in our life where good soil is not producing, then we got to figure that out. Make sense? A hard heart keeps me from knowing God intimately. Matthew thirteen four. as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Now, I know a lot of you in here have heard this parable before, so don't zone out on me. Just pray that maybe God will show you some things in this parable that you haven't seen before. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. A hard heart keeps me from knowing God intimately. So what is a path used for? Walking. Geniuses. You guys are good. Now I know why you're a dentist. So if, in fact, I walk the same path with a bunch of other people all the time, it's going to become what? Worn. Become hard. And it's going to become this hardened place where it gets beat down. Back in um, oh, when was March, was the Masters in March? April? Yeah, I don't know. Most of you don't even know what golf is, so. I'm still perplexed about the NBA comment. <laughs> National Basketball Association. It's a big deal. I ask, I ask, are you guys watching the NBA Finals? And, and like two people go, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we were at the Masters, and, and this place is like the Disneyland of golf, right? 
I mean, it's so green and so plush and every, all the flowers are blooming. But you could tell where they let people walk. And, and you didn't even, nobody even had to tell you where you could walk because you knew where to walk because it was beaten down. It was hard. It wasn't green. It wasn't plush. And so if you're going to sow seed, that, that would not be the place that you would want to try to sow that seed. Hardened places. So if I'm, if I'm going to explore God and I'm going to say, God, I really want the seed of your word to flow through my life because I want to know you more. I want you to show me your ways. I have to deal with the hardened places in my life. We all have those, don't we? People have done us wrong. Marriages didn't work out. Questions we have for God. By the way, he's big enough for your questions. Places in our life where we've just become hard. We've become hard. And we're like, God, you can, you can sow seed in this area of my life, but that area in my, my heart is hard, and, and maybe it's hard towards God. So then you're going to read the Bible through a lens of being mad. Well, I'm going to do it because my pastor told me to, or I'm going to do it because I just know I'm supposed to. And you go through your devotion in the morning, and you read the Bible, but if there's a hardness on your heart, it's just not, it, it's the seed is, is the devil's going to come and eat that seed up. I think in Luke, it actually says Satan comes and eats it up. Mark or Luke. This, this parable is told in three of the gospels. And so the idea is to get alone with God, to take a deep Holy Spirit breath and say, Lord, I know, I've been knowing for a long time I need to deal with this area of my life. I, I know that I do, and now I need you to help me deal with this area of my life because I want my heart to be good soil. Number two, the journey and its adventures, not being willing to go deep keeps me from knowing God intimately. Matthew 13, 5 and 6 Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Where are you planting your roots these days? That's a good question. I told you it's going to be a, a un, it's not a happy sermon. It wasn't happy to have to write it and live it. Go back to the point, Kim, and you look at not being willing to go deep keeps me from knowing God intimately. Some fell on rocky places. Now, you have to remember where Jesus is telling the story. He's telling the story in a place that's full of rocks. Rocks are everywhere. You know, and what did Jesus' dad do? He was a yeah, but his tree, which would lean more towards, he was a stonemason because there weren't many trees around. And so he, he built stuff out of stone. That's beside the point. Here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. What would happen is seed or plants or whatever would fall on the rocks. You, you ever been to a boat ramp that had, I call it moss. I don't know what you got. You ever slipped on a boat ramp? Like just full on. You know how slippery it is? All right, so that would fall on top of the rocks, and then the morning dew would come. The morning dew would come, and, and it, it would irrigate the seed that had fallen on top of the rocks. But when this, and they would sprout. When summer would come, the sun would get so intense that it would scorch the actual plants that were growing out of rocks because they had no roots. 
If I'm going to have roots in my life, if I'm going to be able to weather the storm, if I'm going to be able to stand the sun, if I'm going to be able to continue to be a good husband, a good dad, a good father, if I'm going to be able to continue to to be a good wife, a good mom, if I'm going to be able to continue to follow God in the ways that he shows me in his word, if I'm going to be able to do that, I have to have roots. I got to have roots. Because here's the deal. When everything's going good, you don't need roots because you're just riding the wave. Yeah, you just doing, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But when, when the devil comes knocking on your door and all hell breaks loose in your life, guess what? You need some roots, right? You need to build your house on the rock, the cornerstone, not the shifty sand. So, so here, here's the deal. The journey is so encapsulated in knowing God. How do I know God? I read his word. And Jesus is telling us right here, the seed in this parable is the word of God. And where is that seed landing in your life? Are you willing to go deep? Are you willing to take the time? Are you willing to press aside no matter if you travel, no matter where you, how you work, where you work, what you do, are you willing to take the time to say, God, I am tired of a pseudo-Christianity. I am so interested in knowing you more and being with you more. And right now, God, I am going to set aside this time today. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to stay up later. I'm going to forego lunch today. I want to know you, God. Yeah, we say amen all you want. Go ahead. Monday's coming. Are are you willing? Are you willing to forego some of the things that you have that are so important in your life and say, God, I want to know. I want to go deep. I want to go deep. I want to know you so much, God, that I can't spend an hour in my day without thinking about you. Much less a week. Much less two weeks or a month. Not being willing to go deep keeps me from knowing God intimately. That seed fell on rocky places. The rocky places, the seed's the seed. It's the word of God. But it didn't fall on good soil. How's your soil? Number three. The cares of this world will keep me from knowing God intimately. Matthew 13, 7. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Oh, let me ask you a question. How many of you do Facebook? Come on, tell the truth. How many of you do Facebook? Okay. How many of you checked your Facebook yesterday? Come on, tell the truth. In the last week, how many of you... Checked your Facebook. How many of you checked your Facebook this morning? All right, now don't raise your hand on this one. How many of you read your Bible yesterday or this morning? I said don't raise your hand and show off, Nicole. (laughs) So wrong. We are so overwhelmed 
with the busyness of life, if we're not careful, we get more just enthralled in what other people think about us and doing what the world tells us we should do and going here to there, there to here that we forget, oh my goodness, I care more about what people think about me than I have time to think about God. Told you it's going to hurt. How many of you have like a, like a hobby in your life? Exercise regimen or fishing or, you know, something you really, and I, I love that. I do, I do a lot of stuff. But if I'm not careful, I'll just use myself as an example. If I'm not careful, things in my life will become a temptation. There's a temptation there that they become more important than God in my life. Say lie. Think about it just for a second. Think about, I mean, our greatest resource is our time, right? Somebody asks you, what's your greatest resource? Money. Ah. Money's like a river, man. It flows. Sometimes it flows and sometimes it doesn't. Time is something we can never get back. Where am I spending my time? Am I, am I spending my time in such a way that I'm allowing the cares of this world to overtake me? Like, overtake me. Or am I saying, you know what, God, I'm going to give you, God, you're getting the best part of me today. You're getting, the best way I can explain this is, Rainer and I have been in the pastoring for 16 years, 15, 16 years, and there have been times when, I, and some of you can relate to this, where I would come home waxed. And she's cool with that, right? She's good with it, unless it's like three or four days in a row. And I can remember early on her saying this to me. You just gave everybody else your best, and you got nothing left. What about me? And I, the, the, the reason I tell you that is I'm thinking that sometimes I believe that's what God's trying to say to us. You just gave. Yeah, we got to work. Yes, we have to pay bills. Yes, we're, we shouldn't be lazy. But, but at some point... I think some days God looks down at me and he goes, Jason, you gave everybody else your best today and you hadn't even talked to me today. You, you, you didn't even hang out with me today. And that's the way I view my relationship with God. I fear him in a good way. He's amazingly awesome. And we'll see some of that in just a second. But I view my quiet time and my time, I view that as hanging out with God. Just, <sighs> God, let me just look at this love letter for a minute that you wrote me. And now, God, can I just talk to you for a second? Could you talk to me? Some of you in this room right now, a devotion time is a foreign concept. Well, this is the 830 service, right? Probably you guys are all holy. Yeah. So maybe it's the, the 10 o'clock service. We'll talk about them. So, so but, you, know, you think about this, this whole idea of just hanging out with God. That is devotion time. That is anytime I set aside for God and I read his word and I pray and, you know, not always asking him for things, but if I need things, I can ask him. Anytime that happens, I am being with God. That's, that's the way I view it, hanging out with God. And some people would say, that's, I think that's sacrilegious. Well, then you're probably not hanging out with God. <laughs> just... Being with God in his presence, on your face, before him, on your knees, laying in bed, wherever, on your run, on whatever you're doing, just be with God. Wow. 
I have to be willing to go deep to know God intimately. See, the cares of life are like thorns. Thorns grow on vines. Vines choke things out. Pepper trees, don't you love those things? So stupid. Where did, who did that? Golly. It's like every other week you're having to cut a pepper tree back. That, that Jesus is, so if Jesus was here and he was telling this story, he would have used pepper trees. But where he was at, he was using what was re- referenced in, in that geographic area. Thorns on vines, vine choke things out. And if we're not careful, we can allow the cares of life to completely choke out our relationship with God. Cares of life. I got to get this done. I, I have to make this happen. I'm telling you what, man, it happens a lot quicker and easier if you'll give God some time in your life. It's the Word of God, the seed. Because knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and its adventures. Number four, knowing God intimately produces fresh fruit in my life every day. Matthew 13, 8 and 9, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Anytime I was in high school, And a teacher that I kind of liked said these words, hey, you may want to pay attention to this question because it might be on the exam. Y'all know those teachers? Freaking awesome teachers. If you're a teacher here, you should do that. (laughs) Shout out to all the students in the room right now. Yeah, tell them your pastor said that. It's all good. So, yeah, and so... So you you have this idea of if I am in the Word every day and I'm walking with God in tandem every day and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit in my life, I am going to produce fresh fruit in my life every day. Some days it may be a little bit and some days it might be a lot. But I am assured by the Word of God that, so listen, Jesus is saying, listen to this story. Would you just please stop and listen to what I just got through saying? And then you go to this this next scripture. I think it's verse 12. Whoever has will be given more, and he he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. In other words, the person who listens and the person who is totally into the Word of God and how the Word of God is speaking to their life is going to produce fruit. Those of us who are not listening to the Word of God, the little fruit that we might be able to produce on our own is going to be taken from them. Y'all getting this? Go back to the point. Here's the idea. If I'm going to produce fruit, fresh, not just fruit, I love the I love the combination of fresh fruit, fresh fruit. I love being around people that every time I'm around them, I just get excited to be around them. Right? They're just fun people. Always got an encouraging word. Always want to go do something fun. Always just and that's fruit growing out of the relationship with Jesus. That's fruit growing out of the fact that they spent time in the Word already that day. Just. Mm, 
Fresh fruit. Can I tell you, the world's looking for fresh fruit Christians. Try to say that. The, the world is, I'm telling you, because they, they've found enough of these stanky, stinky, rotten, mad, just mad people that call themselves Christians. They, they found enough of that. They're looking for fresh, fresh fruit Christians. And if I'm going to, if I, if I know God intimately every day of my life, or I do my best to, I'm going to produce fruit. Some days it might be a hundredfold. Some days it may be 60. And some days it might be 30. And some days it might be a little less than that. But daily, I'm going to produce fruit in my life. I have the utmost respect for people that I know in my life that I, I see daily produce fruit. Because remember we talked about last week, we're all going to produce something in our life, all of us on our journey. We're going to produce something on our journey. I want to produce fresh fruit in my life. Last thing, the adventure of knowing God has no end. Check this out. So in most every other religion in our world, there's a stage that you get to be such a student that you reach enlightenment. And no longer can you learn anything else about that religion. You then start teaching other people what you already know. The journey that we get to be on in Christianity has no end. We will never know everything about God. Now watch this. And I... There are so many scriptures I could go to on this, but th- this one, this one's pretty good, and we'll probably explore this uh, a little bit later. So Job is talking to one of his buddies. Job's going through a really rough time. Job is going through a rough time, but he's defending God. So this is what he said, Job twenty six seven through fourteen. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. (laughs) And y'all don't just hear me reading this. Think about this for a second. Think about this the next time you see a cloud. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. Anybody seen the sunrise lately? It's dark. And then all of a sudden, the boundary just gets twisted. Ah. The pillars of the heavens quake, aghast at his rebuke. By his power, he churned up the sea. By his wisdom, he cut Rahab to pieces. By his breath, the skies became fair. His hand pierced the gliding serpent. Now watch this. And these are but the outer fringe of his work. works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? (laughs) Man, if that doesn't make you want to know God more, I don't know what else else Job could have said. You, You think, and these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. In other words, there is absolutely no end to knowing God. 
See, that's the great adventure, and it has no end. The journey, the main storyline of the journey is God and knowing God, and the adventure has no end. So that means I can never, until I get to heaven, know him fully. And then we have millions and 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 more millions to infinity squared to get to know him. There is no end to the great adventure of knowing God. Just that, I mean, think about, think about like churned up the sea and carpeted the fields with grass and then another place where God speaks to Job when Job's starting to doubt and, and he says, I will speak and you will listen because Job's getting a little proud of himself. And he says things like, do you know where the storehouses of hell are set up? For times of trouble? Do you know how the snow falls? Do you know? And he just goes into all these things. The greatness of God is, is beyond our comprehension. There is no end to the adventure of knowing God. So, application this week, get you a devotion. If you don't have a Bible, there's one under the seat in front of you or at the tent. They're free. Take it. Start reading it. Start seeking out the mysteries of God. Go deep. Go deep. Because there's no end to that. I love sports, and, and when I, I watch a sporting event, one of the saddest moments in that sporting event is when it's over. I mean, the, yeah, like, if you surf, and there's a swell that comes through, the saddest moment is when the swell goes away. You're like, oh, it was fun, but... With your, with your relationship with God, there's no end to that. The, there's no flat. There's not... N- Days where you have no waves. There's not college football being over. There's not the NBA finals being over. There, it, there's no 18th hole. It, there, there's no end to your relationship with God because only the outer fringes. God, it's so awesome. <laughs> only the outer fringes do we know of God. But he's saying, just like any other father would say to their child, Come here. I can go seek. Silas, Anthony and Brooks, oldest, he loves hide and go seek. And he lives here half the time, so he knows every nook and cranny around this building. And he'll say, Pastor Jason, you'll play hide and seek? And so I've showed him a couple of really good hiding places. So much so that I don't think his parents or his dad tried to find him. I said, I was like, Sorry. But God is saying, hey, follow, come, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come on, come on, let's go deep. Because in that deepness is an adventure that you can never imagine, ever. I hope that challenged you today. Here's another thought. Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know how to go deep because I don't, I don't know that I know God. Well, to know God means to know Jesus. Because the Bible says no one comes to the Father except through the Son, and that's Jesus Christ. How do I know Jesus, Jason? Well, the Bible says you just take your faith. Every one of us has been given a measure of faith. You take that faith and you put it in Jesus. You, you, you say, you know what? I believe in my heart. I'm confessing in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is born of a virgin, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I'm believing that in my heart right now. And the Bible says... When you believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, you're made into a new creation, and the journey starts. 
That's when the journey starts. Some of you in this room right now, you can remember the time you did that, right? And you can remember the journey. And you look back on the journey, it's not perfect. It's got some, some messed up rocky places in it, some hardened places. But you, you know the journey started there. So maybe that's you, and you need a fresh start in your life. You need a starting point. You need to start your journey. I just say to you today, would be a great day to start that journey. Would you bow your head all over this place? If that's you, and you say, Jason, I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need a fresh start. I need a starting point. If that's you, all over this place, would you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? Put it right back down. I don't want to miss anyone. I need, I need Jesus in my life. Good. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for challenging us today. And I do pray in my own life and for those who are in this room right now, we would challenge ourselves this week to know you better, to absolutely know you, to chase after you, to remove those hardened places. Father, to, to the rocky places, Lord, we'd be willing to go deeper with you. Lord, and for the cares of life, the things that take up our time, or we would not let them come before you. Not that they're bad things, Lord, but that we would, we would not let them come before our relationship with you. God, help produce in us a good soil so we can produce fruit every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love you. Have a great week.